Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hour two of Utah Car Sense this week. I'm Austin Horton here with Jeff Miller, uh, hosting Jeff Carroll, producing. And if your name's Jeff, why not? Call in 855-340-ZONE. Yeah, I'm surrounded by more him. Jeffs involved in this world. Come on. Yeah, we need more Jeffs. I have, I'm, I have three Kyles and three Jeffs on my street at home. Why not have two Jeffs here at home? So if you're Jeff or Kyle, you go to the front of the line, 855-340-ZONE. So far we've had five callers, five callers uh, with a chance to win an oil change at the end of this hour from Mark Miller Subaru. You call in, you share a question, a comment, a story, we'll enter you into that drawing. And our poll question this week is, Grandpa, when you think of Grandpa, what car or car stories come to mind? 855 855- Three four ozone. Jeff, let's dive into the WRX news first, and then I've got some okay. questions about wilderness. Tell us about the uh, the new Subaru WRX and what's changing with it. Yeah, so this got announced a week ago. Uh, they de- debuted the all new 2022 WRX, which we're probably expecting maybe by the end of the year, but definitely by January February we'll start seeing them on the ground. So it's the fifth generation actually of the WRX. Wow, that's, that's how far crazy. it's come back. 2004 so that's wild a little bit little bump on horsepower 271 horsepower 2.4 liter turbocharged boxer so it's a modification off of what you're seeing in the ascent the legacy and all that new uh performance transmission faster downshifts faster upshifts they the interior is vastly improved i mean it's like driving a legacy now i mean it's the full 11.6 inch tablet display amazing on these things um dual pinion electronic power steering quick response they've got a new gt trim which is going to be the new like top of line automatic trim it's going to be more of a refined wrx what does gt mean do we know gt is it was always had like grand touring it's like the legacy used to be the gt which is a nicer version sure yeah okay but it's gonna have drive mode select electronically controlled dampers on the side of it Wow. Um, nicer interior and exterior accents. It's going to be a really nice top of the line WRX. And I love and then, the. And it's going to have eyesight. On the automatic ones, it'll have eyesight standard. Even on the dub, new WRX, it's going to be standard on automatics, huh? Wow. Good for yeah, Subaru it, to do that. Because you can't do the eyesight on the manuals. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they haven't figured that one out yet. There aren't um, that many manuals that exist anymore in any car now. I was going to say, isn't this the only model you can get in manual with Subaru? Uh, you can still get an Impreza 5 speed. Oh, you can? Okay. The hatch. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no They're legacies. Very rare, though. You, yeah. you don't find them very often. Yeah, man, the the luxury uh, and look when you're doing a WRX, you're you're not usually buying that as a commuter a business vehicle. It's usually those that would want it manual, but there are some that will take the automatic transient on that. Yeah, the uh, the big thing difference on that. So that I know a lot, there are a lot of people disappointed that it didn't have a huge bump in the um, horsepower, but the big difference is, is the torque curve, which is a two fifty eight is a lot broader so it goes down to 2000 rpms on the torque curve wow so you should get a lot more power at lower rpms well what was the horsepower before it wasn't 400 was it 268 i think 260 something yeah so this is a big upgrade yeah then they're talking about the new performance transmission that they're putting in it 
they're saying 30% faster upshifts from second to third and 50% faster downshifts from third to second. Wow. So it should shift faster and be able to drive more, more sports car like. Now, the look of it, it is a little different too, at least to my eye. Still has the the hood scoop, uh, but it looks a little more rounded uh, than than the WRX has been in the past. Like it almost looks like a melding of the Legacy and the WRX. Am I crazy? Yeah, no, I can see that, and I have a hard time with pictures sure. on cars on cars. So, like, I generally don't. I reserve judgment on anything, good or bad, until I can see it yeah. in person. Yeah, that's I'm a hoping good I get to see it. I'm hoping I get to see it in person next week. Why would they have you out there not to see it though? Yeah, That's... there's no way we don't get to see it. We're probably <laughs> gonna sit. We're not gonna be able to drive it or anything like that. They, because of COVID and everything, that this is normally a three or four day conference. It's only a two day conference, and we get it's um, vaccinations are not required, but we have to be. We get tested at the door. Gotcha. Before we get our badge, we all have to be tested. Gotcha. I was just about to say. So, I don't know. Like you show up and test positive, and you're just stuck in LA, I guess, for 10 days. Well, and I was just about to say, how does uh, so, going we'll from. see what happens. But yeah, I, I think we're going to get a. That's the exciting part, seeing the new cars. 855 340 Zone. We'll dive into uh, the Wilderness uh, edition here and questions about that. Jeff, can you still hear me? Jeff Miller? Yeah, can you get you got me? Okay, I got, yeah. I got you back. We were yeah. losing you for a second, it sounded like, but we got you now. Uh, before we yeah. dive into the Wilderness specs, we've got a caller. 855 340 Zone. Dennis has a thought for us. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for hey, you? Thanks uh, for calling in. Well, you wanted a story on a grandpa. So you kind of tugged at my uh, heartstrings a little. but That wasn't uh, the goal gra- at all. Yeah. <laughs> wasn't that? <laughs> yeah. My, well, anyway, my grandpa, when I, uh, when during the Depression, one long story, sorry, I'll try to make it short. But uh, during the Depression, he owned a gas station. He owned it the whole time I knew growing up. And one of the things he used to do is one of those old gas stations, he used to say back then when he had like two bays where you worked on cars. Only he would let everybody come in and work on their car in the winter and that because he knew people didn't have money. So so he let them do that. Instead of charging them for it, he let them come in and work it. And then as World War II broke out, they were really rationing rubber. So you couldn't get tires for your cars. Uh, but they would let all these different dealerships have a certain amount, you know, a certain allotment. Well, you could get quite a bit for the tires because you couldn't find them. But that's not what he did. What he would do is he this was he lived in Fillmore, and that was like a main route, you know, going east and west. And what he would do is if somebody showed up and they were in their uniform, he would give them a set of tires. Oh wow! So he was so he was losing quite a bit of money back then by not selling these tires. But he felt like they just got back from the war. So he gave him a set of tires. Wow. So that taught taught me quite a bit as far as his mentality on all all of that. So that was just a story I thought I needed to share because people aren't aware of what, you know, he could have gotten that. And no one really knew other than my grandma, you know, and she she went and got a second job because she says, I wouldn't have to work if I didn't get those, <laughs> you didn't get those cars away. And he says, you want me to quit? 
And she said no. So she made it a point to cook something to take down there. So when they were driving through, too, he gave them the tires and then a meal from her so they didn't have to spend their money on that. Good grief. What good people. That's amazing. That's that's so cool. that's just something I wanted to share. Hey, I mean, my my, uh, my dad has family that owned a gas station in Fillmore. I don't know if they do any longer, but the Brinkerhoffs, do you know the Brinkerhoffs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard their name. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah, they, yeah his, his last name was Warner. Okay. So uh, every, everything down there was Warner. But uh, it just really <laughs> made me admire him, and that's just the way, you know, for him to do that, I thought, so. Well, thanks, Dennis. Thanks for honoring your grandpa and your grandma today. I appreciate that. Okay, yeah, thanks for the tips. Okay, thanks. That's awesome. That, that uh, Especially during that time and era, Jeff, when no one had anything. That's, that's well, important. Absolutely. Great. All right, let's dive into the uh, Outback Wilderness. Now, my question is, First of all, I've got I've got several, and I'm going to start right here, and you, I'm going to ask two of them, and you can answer them. Uh, the wilderness, just the badge alone, makes me want to buy it. How much of that? Uh, it, how much does that make it worth it? Just for the cool wilderness badge on it, and then secondly, it's not just going to be the Outback, right? Yeah. So that was the other big announcement Subaru made in the last couple of weeks. Is the they've just announced the 22 Forester Wilderness. Can you hear me? Yep. 22 Forester will, will also get a wilderness. Yeah. So it's that, that will start seeing it in the next couple months, Woo-hoo. actually. So it's another trim on the Forester. So they redesigned the front grill on it. They strengthened the roof rails on it. Automatic emergency steering. It's it's basically the most rugged and trail-capable Forester is how they ex- explain it. I'm sorry. The, yeah. the ground clearance goes up a little bit. So it goes from the 8.7 up to 9.2. You get the you get uh, the plating on the on bottom, it. right? The what? The plating. Yep, you get the plate on the bottom. The cooler look, you get the StarTech interior. It's a little easier to clean, a little more rugged. It's going to be neat. The, uh, the StarTech interior, Jeff, I think that that is maybe my favorite uh, invention in cars in the last 20 years. Because it, it feels... Still, it still feels luxurious. You still feel like you're uh, a king rolling along, but then you spill something on it, or you get a little dirt and mud on it, and just wipe it right off, or you spray it off, and it, it's really cool. That's it, yeah. We've been talking about this car for a while, and it's the Subaru's response to the Trailhawks in the Jeep world. Kind of build that upgraded model for people who want to not necessarily going deep off road if they don't want it, but it just gives a little bit more utility to take it down some rocky trails and feel a little bit more comfortable yeah and right now so we've got the, the outback we've had out for a few months we've sold quite a few of those uh forest hills coming out now and then i, I i'm going to assume that next year's cross track we will see a we'll absolutely see the wilderness edition of the cross track and then hopefully the ascent next that'd be great because uh, the other thing that i love about it is uh, you know, it's ne- it's necessary. In my family, we we started with the Crosstrek, then we graduated to the Forester, and we love the size, and we love how it drives, but at times it feels like a mom and dad vehicle to us, and we want to feel a little younger and a little cooler, and slapping that wilderness package on there, then you can go have some fun up in the mountains and not feel like you're going to hit something on the bottom and, and do some damage to you. So I'm really excited that it's going on the Forester next year. Or I guess yeah, at it's the end of this year. That. I mean, it's it's longer, cold springers, different shock absorbers. I mean, it's the whole suspension's been redone for the Wilderness Edition. It's not just a cosmetic thing. It is truly a performance off-road car. 
So this is not your uh, Eddie Bauer package that you had on the Ford Explorer where all that was was a, a status thing. This is actually you're getting stuff that you're going to use with the Wilderness yeah, badge. It, yeah, it's going to be neat. And starting price on the Forester one, I think it's right around 32 33 grand. Is that all? Wow. For the Forester version, yeah. Wow, cool. Uh, if if someone wants to uh, dip their toe into that, now's the time to get on a list, isn't it? Uh, yeah, right now we'd be taking orders for it. We probably, I believe at this point, we can actually take an order for a Forester now. Cool. So we, the WRX, we have not quite opened up orders yet on it, but if you are interested in one of the WRXs, contact one of our salespeople and then we'll get you on the list. Do you know how many WRXs you'll be allotted? Because typically, or is this not a special edition thing, I guess? It's not it's a special not... edition. It's just standard WRX. So, I mean, we should okay. get a, a pretty good amount. I mean, our Southtown store is one of the higher WRX stores in the country. Actually. I would think so. I would think so, yeah. yeah we, do, we do a really good job at Southtown especially, but both our stores do really well in WRX. So I wouldn't worry about us having supply. I don't know how to supply of anything, but <laughs> it's going to be no worse than every other car we have. How crazy have your service bays been? Because people aren't able to upgrade necessarily or, or jump to that next car, so they have to get their current car up to uh, up to snuff. How busy have your bays stayed? Our service is crazy. I mean, it's, it, service is getting is that's one of the reasons we talked at the top of the show about us needing employees. I mean. We were probably two to three technicians short at both stores. Really? Yeah, I mean, we would if I mean, if you're a technician, a super technician, or anybody with those kind of experience, we would absolutely love to hear from you, and we are looking to hire. So, and we have plenty of work for you. One thing is, when there's no cars to be bought, a lot of people are fixing their cars instead. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you get that that happening as well. By the way, did you see the news that came out? As a USC Trojan, I have to bring up USC Trojan okay. news occasionally. Did you see the news with their airplane? Their airplane? No. Yeah, so this just came out from ESPN. That This is the post-Clay Helton era. Had a little tough start. After landing their plane in Lewiston, Idaho on Friday for the game today at Washington State, the team's plane tipped backwards on the tarmac setting the plane's nose into the air after the ground crew did not put the plane's tail stand in place. They didn't put so what? During the deplaning process, the coaches and players getting off the plane, it tipped backwards. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm seeing a picture of it now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I, the tail of the plane was on the ground, and the nose of the plane was 15 feet up in the air. Yeah, because the players who sit in the front half of the plane <laughs> – get off the plane and had a whole front weight down <laughs> and all the equipment and stuff's on the back and the offensive line yeah, yeah the whole <laughs> line's probably sitting in the tail <laughs> well at least this happened on the ground and everyone's safe and there's no uh, no real problem obviously the plane might have a bit of a, a scratch or something but god i thought you're gonna tell me there was some tragedy i'm so glad that that they didn't go that yeah. way uh, everyone everyone was perfectly fine but probably a scary moment for those players <laughs> So a tail stand, yeah. They either didn't bring it with them or uh, the airport they landed in Lewiston didn't have one or doesn't. I've got right. – my, my wife's got family in Lewiston. That is a small, small, small place. You're, you're flying into – I didn't – I guess it makes sense they fly into Lewiston and then drive out to Pullman. But, I mean, that uh, thing comes up a good 15, 20 feet. Yes. <laughs> it was pretty wild. <laughs> I wonder how scary it was. 
If it, oh, it if, had been completely scary. All of a sudden, the plane's going up in the air. Maybe it, 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 the engines were off, but maybe the the generators were still running. So maybe the, you thought they were taking off again. I don't know. Right. It'd be wild. Well, I'm glad it, I'm glad it's a, a, a funny story, one we can laugh at and chuckle at. But check out the pictures uh, on its social media. It's pretty crazy to see. Pretty funny. Totally. 855-340-ZONE. Speaking of, Clay Hilton, what do you think of them being fired? You all right with that? Should have happened years ago. Jeff, how dare you? That's a man. That's a family. He needs a job. And they need his yeah. dad working. I think he is an exceptional coordinator. <laughs> He's not a coach. I think he'd be he's a great. Not, he's not. He's just not a head coach. He'll have. He'll find plenty of jobs out there in the world. He's yeah, gonna be just fine for sure. Not to mention the buyout, which probably made him a lot of money for doing nothing for the next couple of years too. Yep. And I think he'd be a. I mean, by all accounts, he's a good man and a good person. He's uh, a great man. He's a great guy. He's just. He just. USC is a very unique world. It's a high pressure. You got the best players in the country, and you got to bring them all together and. Since uh, the good old days, we haven't been able to find someone yet. Which that, I don't. That Pete, that Pete Carroll guy. Yeah, the ones that cheat better. That's the problem hey, is Clay Hilton easy. didn't cheat good enough. Wait a minute. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> the university literally had zero to do with it. Uh-huh, sure. Zero. Be the first time in the history of ever that the university knew nothing. Reggie Bush. No, they, perhaps they didn't do anything about it. Is what I'm saying. They they had to have known. Come on, everyone knew. Everyone knew that you're telling me the USC didn't know. Everybody know. knew. I think it's all pretty dumb. It, it's pretty dumb anyway. What does it matter yeah. if you're giving them a car? I don't care. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, USC, you said that you have the best players in the country. The problem is they've been playing so poorly, their reputation is taking a hit. I don't know that right now it's true that they do have the best players. In their own conference, I don't know about that. I, I would say Oregon's probably the place where people have been going for the last decade. Yeah, I and mean, they need they need to make a bang with this coach, and it'd be interesting to see who they get. Ted, uh, or not Ted, uh, uh, Pete Carroll coming back to USC. <laughs> yeah, I, I could not imagine him ever wanting to leave Seattle. Nope. Although There's, there were reports uh, a couple years ago. Coordinator from uh, Kansas City. Uh, Haley, Jeez. Todd Haley. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of their favorite. From oh, okay, here. interesting. Not the uh, look, Luke Fickle, the AD's best friend. Oh, let's not do that again. <laughs> All right, 855 zone. Let's dive back into a little car talk. Uh, Pennsylvania. Speaking of Todd Haley, he was a failure as the head coach in Pennsylvania for the Steelers in Pittsburgh. But some other failures are happening in Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania Turnpike is missing out on over $100 million in unpaid tolls. Now, how? How, how is this happening? Uh, unpaid tolls are adding up to a lot of lost revenue for the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The AP discovered that 11 million trips, or 6% of total trips on the highway, managed to get through... Without paying any tolls last year, the total revenue lost was $104 million. The reasons, they say, are many, but they all revolve around the decision to switch the toll road to fully electronic payment. Meaning, drivers either go through using the easy pass that you stick up on your windshield or whatever, or they're tolled via a bill sent after their license plate is scanned. 
That second one is the main issue. Around one million bills were never delivered. Another one and a half million couldn't be sent because of a lack of an address. And 1.8 million couldn't even have the plate identified. 6.7 million trips through just never paid their bills on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, Jeff. Wow. (laughs) It seems like uh, you you might want to figure something out there (laughs) the easy pass the easy pass is working obviously but other people just zooming on by knowing a that their address is incorrect b they don't have a a scannable license plate or c they'll just take their chances uh and not ever so you can't like track these people down how are you gonna find them all so I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big fan of toll roads in general, but I come from a state that taxes uh, at the gas pump a little higher. So I, I, you know, here's a crazy. I mean, here's a crazy idea on that though. It's only six percent of the visits. So 104 million dollars is only six percent of the total trips, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So think they're still making money. They, I mean, they should be all right. I, mean, I think that number is high, and it should be, but you can't imagine you're not going to get 2 two to 3% leakage and something like that. Yeah. Well, right? I, I just think I it's crazy. $104 million. It's a lot of money to, to then turn back to your citizens. You know, there are a bunch say, of guys that have just figured this out. And they're just driving through. Exactly. <laughs> so when they're never going to get a bill, or they've got like the little blockers on their license plates. Exactly. Hey, uh, the Ford 22 Ford Mustang Mach-E GT, what a name. Can't we shorten that a bit? Can it just be the Mach-E? Anyway, uh, they think that they're going to be able to get this police use ready in the state of Michigan. Uh, The Michigan State Police have put potential cruisers and pursuit vehicles through a robust set of dynamic and durability tests for, for years. A pass is a good sign a vehicle is going to cut it as a cruiser, and lots of other police departments take notice of the results. It's safe to say it's a national benchmark of sorts, and the big domestic automakers all like to make a good showing. However, historically, a big V8 was almost a required element for a police cruiser, but lately they say things are shifting. This from Motor Trend. The Ford Explorer Hybrid known in service at, as the Police Interceptor Utility Hybrid, made a good showing in 21 testing, but battery electric vehicles are increasingly looking like the future of personal transportation, and it's time for police departments to take a closer look at so-called BEVs, which is why Ford is submitting the 22 Mustang Mach-E to the Michigan State Police for evaluation. Obviously, it's already happening overseas, United Kingdom, uh, is using some electric uh, vehicles in their police forces. Jeff, the problem is, right now at least, it seems every year we have a story of a car chase involving a, uh, a Tesla police interceptor or whatever, and the guy gets away because either it, it loses battery or the guy that was they used the, the shift before didn't charge it correctly. When, when, when do you think this will be a feasible thing where police... Uh, de- departments are going the EV route. I think it's about getting when they get when they can get the standard range on these cars up to 350, 400 miles. Right. The problem is, is you have a 300 mile range on this car. Okay, that's great. When it's going 90 miles an hour on the freeway in a high speed chase, that range is probably 100. Good point. Great point. Right? Yep. So that's the issue on some of these ranges is that 
that's probably what the testing is going on right now to try and figure out. Yeah. All right. Cause there's a whole different thing saying, okay, this car has got a 300 mile range. That's under perfect conditions. Just like your gas tank. Same idea. So, I mean, I think, I mean, I think without question, it's the future. I mean, it's the future in everybody. Everybody's going electric. Yep. Hey, I before mean, 10 years from now, you're going to, I think you're going to have a hard time finding gas cars. Uh, before we cut you loose for the day, Jeff, let's fit in one more call for you. 855-340-ZONE. Dave has called in and held patiently. Hi, Dave. Hi. Uh, since we're talking about electric cars, um, I am. I drive Uber and Lyft. Uh, my gas car just uh, gave up the ghost, and I'm looking at getting a used vehicle, and I was looking at electric. Hmm. I was wondering what the – what the. Um, I mean, obviously, the used market all over the place is crazy, but just in general, what should I be looking for – in a used electric compared to what I would normally look for, you know, in a used conventional car. And what is the difference in maintenance that I should be expecting from, you know, electrical? I mean, I'm not obviously, you know, I don't know what oil changes are like in a non-gas vehicle. So what should I be looking for in maintenance? And also, you know, just in general, what should I be looking for benchmark-wise as far as uh, used electrics? Jeff, this is uh, more in your in your up your alley, but I there's no oil in an electric vehicle, nope. so that'll be a nice change for you. But the upkeep and, and that sort of thing, Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, we still you we, you still probably want to get the car in at least once a year, and they'll, we do suspension checks. And I mean, there's definitely still some maintenance that have stuff on the car. It's a lot less than a gas car because there's no oil changes. But, but I mean, one of the hard parts you're going to find is in the used electric car market, there's just not a ton out there yet, right? because there aren't a ton of new ones out there, right? And so the it's an electric car because of the technology on what's out there in the electric, they're just not the range. So it's a tough car for Uber without getting up into the Tesla and getting very high dollar, higher dollar vehicles. The BMWs and the Tesla electrics and the Volvos, which are 40, 50,000 new at least. Right. It's a tough car for Uber right now. I mean, you can't. You're not going to go out there and drive an Uber and a, and a Nissan Leaf because it gets 80 mile ranges. You can't. You do two rides and be parked for four hours. Yeah, right. Like, uh, that's, so that's just, if you could find a Tesla uh, X <laughs> at a reasonable price, but I don't think, as Jeff was saying, I don't know that there's enough of a used market yet on that type of vehicle. Right. I mean, you're seeing Tesla's I mean, I out there. At- you go out and find like a Model 3 used, but the problem is even like the price on them, the price point's crazy. I mean, I'm like, so I'm on Carvana's website right now, just curious, looking at, and they've got 40,000 mile Model 3 Teslas for 48 grand. Oh, geez. I mean, you can't find a Tesla Model 3 for under $40,000 used. Jeez. Whew. Wow. I don't know what kind of scratch do you have to put towards this, Dave. Is that in your in your uh, bell house? I do not scratch that much. No. If if you could, that is a that is an itch I would not be scratching if I had that much cash to put on a car. I would probably not be putting in Uber and Lyft hours. I was, I was thinking yeah, exactly. so. Yeah. I mean, right now, there's lots better cars out there that you could drive an Uber in. To make money on it they just they don't pay so you enough well, driving ubers to drive electric cars yet but at the same time you know with gas prices going up it's something where that's my primary concern is yeah. how much you know they're, they're not paying enough to make it worth the fuel price to where 
where fuel is totally. going right now. Yeah, I was just reading an article I mean, about that. They're not giving you guys any kind of raises to offset the the gas price. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're better you're better off trying to find good fuel four-cylinder fuel-efficient vehicles that are going to get you 30, 40 miles a gallon. I like your idea of going used, though, because, you know, run that thing into the ground. Uh, let, and totally. I, I, the last car just got ridden into the ground. Yeah. And that's, why, that's why I'm calling in to see what's next. And those peak yeah, hours. We, we, get quite a few, we get quite a few Uber and Lyft drivers that come to our store every day looking for cars, and we're generally putting them in four-cylinder Subarus so they get the all-wheel drive and get good gas mileage. I get 30, 30, 40 miles a gallon and it works pretty well in the Uber world for a good price. Yeah. All right, Dave. All right, I help you some? Thank you, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. Thanks, good Dave. luck. Uh, I, you remember I, I drove Lyft for a few weeks, several years ago, remember. Jeff, and then I got rear-ended and my car was totaled. But uh, the peak hours when you're picking up people and I'm grateful that people are using Lyft and Uber and not trying to drive home. I think that's great. But, you know, you occasionally have some accidents in the back seat. You want <laughs> to make sure right? you want to make sure that that's not uh, your everyday car that you also you need go. to then take the family to church the next morning. So, <laughs> all right, buddy, uh, you have a good week. Enjoy your Subaru trip and we'll get the report here in a couple of weeks unless Utah right. loses tonight. So and then we'll have you on next week. So. Uh, take the show home. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. There's Jeff Miller. Get him uh, Jeff M at markmiller.com. Jeff M at markmiller, uh, mmsubaru.com, rather. Jeff M at mmsubaru.com. All right, we'll be back on the other side. We'll tell you about this really cool event going down in Provo here in a few hours. Uh, Marcy will be joining us to give you instructions and info on what you can do with the kids today to have a little fun and do a little good in the world. We'll also take more of your calls at 855-340-ZONE next on Utah Car Sense. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's Utah Car Sense presented by Mark Miller Subaru. We're here each and every Saturday from 10A to 12P. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to get back to your phone calls here in a moment. But I wanted to take uh, a second and tell you about a really cool thing going down in Provo today. It's the 17th annual Carnival and Vintage Car Show. So you've got the, the car tie-in there. Uh, but you also have, uh, it's for a good cause, raising funds. All the proceeds will be benefiting a really cool, a couple of cool organizations uh, the Gail S. Halverson Aviation Education Center and Alzheimer's Association will be benefiting from these proceeds. And joining us now from uh, the the uh, the institution, the annual Car- Carnival and Vintage Car Show is Marcy. Marcy's on the show uh, on the line. Good morning, Marcy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great. We're excited, and we hope the weather participates and cooperates today. Uh, tell us about, uh, obviously, when this is taking place, and what are some of the activities people can look forward to? Absolutely. So we are moving forward and praying that the weather does cooperate with us. We will be having, as you said, a carnival and vintage car show. So we're praying that our cars come out and join us and um, allow our families and the local schools around us and residents here at Courtyard at Jamestown to enjoy the cars and many booths set up. We'll have rock walls, bounce houses, cotton candy, snow cones, all kinds of carnival games. 
And of course, a big raffle. We have all kinds of prizes to get a giveaway. So, and like you said, the proceeds will benefit the Gellis Halverson Aviation Museum. Our very own Gail Halverson will be here at a booth signing books. And of course, the big candy drop. So we will have the copter fly over Jamestown mm-hmm. between 4 and 4.30 and do a candy drop into the field just south of our building. Um, so we're hoping for a good turnout for that. And you mentioned Gail, uh, the candy bomber, our uncle Wiggly Wings. Uh, I'm assuming most of our audience is very familiar with his incredible story. But the short version is during the Berlin airlift uh, post-World War II, he would uh, drop candy out of, uh, out of the side of his plane in homemade little parachutes. And eventually it got to be such a big movement that 12 tons of candy was dropped by the operation, uh, by the candy bomber, Gail Halverson. And he's a resident of yours at Courtyard at Jamestown. And uh, I think this is really cool. What, what is it like uh, being around Gail every, each and every day? He's such an awesome person. You know, I get chills when you say that because literally passing him daily, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the world. You are his sunshine. He says, hello, sunshine, to all the girls who pass by. And he is just a light. Um, a light surrounds him continually. He's such a – it's an honor to be around him. And um, – I know that he's looking forward to today's event. Um, he'll be out at the booth as long as he can, uh, may come in and out at times. The carnival runs from 3 to 6 p.m. 3 this afternoon until 6 p.m. this evening uh, at 3352 North, 100 East Provo. 3352 North, 100 East Provo. I assume that's uh, right there by the courtyard at Jamestown? It is in our courtyard at Jamestown parking lot gotcha. and the field just south of it. So we'll, again, have rock walls, bounce houses, all kinds of fun things set up in the parking lot here at Jamestown with all those carnival booths. And then, again, the candy drop will happen just south of that, which will be – it is tied into the parking lot. So if you're here at the carnival, we'll direct you when the helicopter is going to fly over, line the kids up. We're obviously going to have the helicopter fly over and drop the candy first. We'll watch and wave. He may do one or two passes. And then after it's everything's dropped for everybody's safety, we'll go ahead and have the children run out and pick up a parachute with the candy. That's going to be so much fun. That is going to be wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, admission is free, I understand, but raffle tickets are available for a dollar and whole meals for five dollars. Am I reading that right? You are. So you can buy raffle tickets and then you can buy just carnival game tickets, um, just a dollar a piece to play all of the carnival games. You get a prize at every booth or cotton candy or snow cone. And again, we have two bicycles, um, a kayak, a barbecue grill, and uh, hundreds of other gifts to give away. So the raffle is going to be so much fun. And yes, meals, five bucks, hamburgers, hot dogs, chips, cookies. So it's going to be lots of fun. Take the whole family and all proceeds benefiting the Gail S. Halverson Aviation Education Center and Alzheimer's Association. Marcy, thanks for joining us today, and thanks for doing that. That should be a good, a good day for you. You're so welcome. Have a wonderful day. We look forward to seeing everyone there. Get down to Courtyard at Jamestown. Thank you, Marcy. The 17th Annual Carnival and Vintage Car Show today, Saturday, September 18th. Starts at 3 o'clock this afternoon, goes until 6 o'clock this evening. The address is 3352 North, 
100 East Provo, Utah, 3352 North, 100 East Provo. Google Courtyard at Jamestown, and uh, it'll get you there. Gail Haverson, the Candy Bomber. There will be a candy drop. Barbecue, booths with games and prizes, petting zoo, rock wall, dunking booth, cotton candy, horse and donkey rides, bouncy houses. Of course, you heard Marcy mention the the prizes attached to the raffle. The raffle tickets are $1, and then your whole meal for just $5. If you're looking to do something with the kids this afternoon, especially since it's been a rainy morning, they're probably antsy, need to get out of the house and stretch those legs, Get them down there, have a good time, and do some good for the Gail S. Halverson and Alzheimer's Associations. Thanks, Marcy, for joining us. All right, more of your phone calls now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. I had the pleasure and and absolute honor to meet Gail Halverson a few years back at the Follow the Flag ceremony on the 4th of July in Pleasant Grove uh, up there in the Grove Canyon. Uh, Kyle Fox does an amazing job with that nonprofit Follow the Flag. And Gail is a hero uh, of mine and anyone that meets him and knows about him. He's a hero and it'd be a great day for you to go meet him and have a good time. So get down there 3 until 6 at the Jamestown Courtyard at Jamestown Assisted Living Center in Provo. All right, uh, Jeff uh, Carroll behind the glass, play along with me for a moment. I've got a quiz here. How much do you know about cars, buddy? Not much. You're not a car guy? I'm not much of a car guy, not going to lie. Well, that's good because that'll play right into my hand here because we're going to play it. We're going to have a quiz. These are five cars uh, that you, what cities are these cars named after? Some of them might be obvious, some of them might be a little tougher. We'll see. All right, this first one. Uh, a Volkswagen, uh, the a subcompact SUV. Volkswagen subcompact SUV. So think of your Volkswagen SUVs, the model. What would it be named after? Now, this one might be the toughest one. I, I didn't know this one. I was um, thinking Tiguan, but... I don't know. Maybe maybe a town in like Sweden or something. Close. You're get you're on the right you're on the right track. Uh, Sweden is not close, but the similarities of towns in Sweden and this town are close. So it's the Volkswagen Taos. T A O S. It's named after one of America's most famous skiing destinations, the Volkswagen Taos. Now, when I read the hint, I was like, the Volkswagen Alpine, Volkswagen. Aspen? I've never heard of a Volkswagen. Uh, I don't even know. Where is Teos? Where is Teos, the, the ski resort? I say, I'm not a skiing guy either, so I, I don't know. Well, believe it or not, it's in New Mexico. What? <laughs> so that that's the Teos the Ski Valley. The ski resort yeah. in New Mexico. Yep, for sure. So that one was, I was like, okay, roll my eyes at that. This one gets a little easier. The Chevrolet blank. Beverly Hills gets all the attention, but this Los Angeles neighborhood that this car is named after is really where it's at. Um, Fresh Prince. A Bel Air. The Chevy Bel Air is the, the name of that car. All right, number three. This Ford, four-door, big old Ford boat, was once built in New Jersey, but its name actually comes from Spain. Now, another hint. Uh, do you ever hear that that song? Hello, mother. Hello, father. Yeah. Here I am at camp. Granada. 
Oh, okay. The Ford Granada. All right. Granada, Spain. Yeah. Okay. Two, two more here. Uh, this is a Mitsubishi. The city this Mitsubishi sourced Plymouth is named after has hosted winter and summer Olympics events. It's not in America. Well, Mitsubishi, I would say, would be Japan. Yep, Japan. Um, so I Think guess- of the coldest area of Japan that's known only for its snow and its winter. In fact, they're called the Frozen Chosen in this part of Japan. I got the Japan part. That's Their all I baseball got team is the Tigers. Oh, um... If you would have asked me this like a couple years ago, I might have had an answer. <laughs> Sapporo. Um, Sapporo. Sapporo. Okay. I think they're the Tigers, aren't they? Yeah, the Sapporo Tigers. Uh, so th- this is the uh, Plymouth Sapporo. And then finally, the Cadillac. Uh, it's fitting that this Cadillac land yacht is named after a port city. If you got this one, Jeff... I would buy your lunch today, anywhere you want, because I've never heard of this place. Any ideas? <laughs> okay, well, a if port never... city. It's a port city in France. Okay, a port city in France. Um, well, I don't know my France geography very well. I'm just going <laughs> to say a random town and hope for the best. Uh, Marseille. I don't know. Nope, nope, nope. What a fool, Marseille. I'm just kidding. But uh, the Cadillac, Calais. C L A no C A L A I S wouldn't have got that Cadillac Calais. So there you go, little uh, car quiz. I only knew uh, of the five. I only knew two. I missed the other. I missed the Volkswagen. I missed the Cadillac, and I missed the uh, oh, what was the other one? I missed the uh, the Plymouth. Yeah, I got one, and then a couple. I made a good effort. <laughs> you you good? You were good on Bel Air, although I gave you a big old hint with the Fresh Prince. Well, I didn't ask for it. You just gave it. <laughs> and then Granada. But anyway, pretty cool. Uh, it's wild how n- cars get their names. All right. Would you, Jeff Carroll, ever buy a car off Amazon? Car off Amazon? If you had the money and you had the, and you, and you, and you had the car in mind and you saw it on Amazon, would you just swipe buy now on that thing and wait for Prime to deliver it in two days? Well, Amazon's been screwing up my deliveries lately, so oh, probably have they? not. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll deliver it to your neighbor uh, in two days. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I'd buy a car off Amazon. Well, the uh, the Mini, the brand, the the British brand of car, the Mini, has partnered with Amazon, and it's not exactly clear when this is going down, but in the near future, you're going to be able to utilize Amazon to buy yourself. A brand new off the line from the factory mini car. Uh, now my problem is, and the, it'll be complete with virtual test drives, walkarounds. Uh, but my problem is, this is cool. Jeff and the folks at Mark Miller Subaru have been doing this for years, where you can buy a vehicle from your couch in your underwear at home. You never have to set foot in their store. They've been doing it for a while. It's now catching up industry wide, and Amazon's dipping their toe. My problem is, have you ever bought something on Amazon, and when it got to you, it was not as expected? Absolutely. For example, <laughs> uh, my wife and I bought our child what we thought was a plush Pikachu, like a stuffed animal that she could sleep at night with and cuddle, and it got to us, and it was like three inches tall. We didn't check. Yeah, sizing 
if you don't actually look at the measurements, then it oftentimes can look misleading. I had that problem with a trash can recently. Where I, bought, <laughs> I bought a trash can off Amazon, and I thought it was going to be like for our kitchen, but then it was like, okay, I guess we're using this in the bathroom. It's a little one. It's just this little thing. A little half-gallon trash can. Uh, well, that's my problem is the mini word, I think, is going to make people think, what? I'm not... And now, there'll be... Obviously, more specific. If you're going to Amazon to buy a mini, you're wanting a mini vehicle. But I just wonder if there would have been a better brand to start this with than mini, given Amazon's sizing problems in the past. Yeah. People are dumb. I mean, I personally don't like, I'm not much for the virtual testing virtual tours, virtual whatnots for things like cars. I'm very or anything really. I'm much more of an in person. I wanna You wanna touch it, feel yeah, it. I wanna I wanna touch it. I wanna see it. Obviously it's really great in theory and it works for a lot of people, which is totally, totally fine. Um just me personally I'm much more of a see, touch, feel in person uh, kind of kind of guy. Yeah, uh, I'm not that way with some things like we've done grocery shopping for years now where we just have it delivered. Uh, but we don't do it with our produce. We want to go pick our own produce, you know. Yeah, for sure. Because you want to make sure you can see it and make sure it looks good. Yep. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust buying, say, like apples online because, like, I'm, I look at my apples. And someone might poison you. <laughs> That's where my mind goes. You don't, don't go there. Trust. <laughs> I don't ever trust anybody. All right, the fastest selling new cars for the month of August here. Uh, I think this is in the United States or is it worldwide? Let's see. Oh, worldwide, F- fastest selling new and used cars in August uh, by average days left on the lot. Uh, I'm not going to give you all twenty. I'm going to give you the top ten. The tenth fastest selling vehicle was the Lexus RX 450h, fifty nine thousand three hundred forty nine dollars. It spent nine point nine days on average on the lot. The nine, the ninth fastest, the Toyota 4Runner, forty six thousand two hundred dollars. The eighth, Hyundai Tucson Hybrid. The seventh fastest selling car in the world in the month of August was the Subaru Forester. It lasted 9.7 days on the lot on average. 32750 is your starting price on that. Now, this is what I love about Subaru and uh, the fact that those first two I just read you, the Lexus 450 is 60 grand, the Toyota 4Runner is 46 grand. You're getting a brand new Subaru Forester at 32 grand. Pretty cool. Number six, the Toyota Sienna. Obviously, the van that has the all wheel drive, 43,000. It spent nine and a half days on the lot. Toyota RAV4 comes in at five. Number four, we see Subaru again. Subaru Crosstrek spent nine days on the lot in August. You get a brand new Crosstrek at $28,882. Number three, the Mercedes Benz GLS. <laughs> so you go from number four Subaru Crosstrek at twenty eight thousand to the number three Mercedes Benz GLS at ninety seven thousand dollars. Now we're in the Gordon Monson neighborhood here. Spent eight point seven days on the lot. Number two, the Chevy Corvette, eight point three days on the lot, eighty nine thousand seven eighty eight. And the number one fastest selling car in the month of August spent an average eight days on the lot before being sold. It was the Hyundai Santa Cruz at 34485 
Hyundai has come a long way in the last few years for for a, a lot of different reasons. But I used to I used to not be a big fan of Hyundai. I used to think they were cheap and they and they would fall apart fast. Hyundai has done a really really good job of upping the ante and keeping their prices affordable. You can get uh, incredible. And we've got partners here uh, at the zone that obviously sell Hyundai, but you can Hyundai's a good reliable vehicle. So if if you're out there right now and you you don't really fit into the category of the Mercedes-Benz GLS like Gordon Monson, might give a consideration to a used or new Hyundai and see what Mark Miller Subaru have has on their lots and their used. The the thing about buying used is I would always recommend buying used from a trusted dealer like Mark Miller Subaru because then you've got something to fall back on. You've got the the commitment from them to make sure you're happy, to make sure you're taken care of within reason, obviously. You can't come in three years down the road and be like, this is falling apart, but they will take care of you. Now, the the interesting thing about the Hyundai Santa Cruz is it's it's one of those like ugly, ugly truck-looking things. It reminds me a little bit of... The Honda Ridgeline, but with a with a mix of the Subaru, uh, uh, what was that Subaru flatbed truck? The Brat, the Subaru Brat. That it's like a mix of the two. Not a huge fan. Uh, wait, was it the Brat? What am I thinking of? No, the Baja Subaru Baja. That's what I, I know. But of. Brat is a terrible name for a car. I just feel like you're just like lining up for insults. Oh, do you not know about the Subaru Brat? No, I'm not a car guy. I don't know about the Subaru Brat. It was the original looking little truck thing. They then graduated to the Baja. and then uh, Baja sounds so much cooler. The Baja Baja looks like your typical Subaru uh, Outback from the mid-90s, but it's got a truck bed instead of a trunk, instead of a cargo area. It's ugly, but there's a lot of people that love them. Jeff loves them. And he loves the brat for sure. But anyway, not I'm not a huge fan of the look of the Hyundai Santa Cruz, but at 23.9 for a brand new truck, not not a bad. Uh, so I can understand why it uh, went just eight days in the month of August. All right, coming up on the end of the show, we had seven callers today, Jeff, uh, and I need you to now. Last week when we tried to do this, I said flip a coin, pick heads or tails, and you said. Will do. And then you you didn't say heads or tails. So we're going to try this again. Pick a number between one and seven, and that'll be today's winner. Okay. I'm going to go with four. Four. Random order at random.org. Our fourth caller was Al, but he comes in at seventh. So you picked number four. That's our second caller of the day. Lindsay, who called in and told the story about her grandma and grandpa gifting her mom an Oldsmobile Cutlass with the hole in the floorboard in the back. That was a hilarious story. Pretty good stuff. Lindsay, uh, we'll get your info off to Mark Miller Subaru. They'll reach out and let you know how you can get that voucher for your free oil change. It's going to do it for this week's edition of Utah Car Sense. Stay tuned on the other side. Jake Hatch. And Alex Lundberg, Yak and Lundy will take you up to 2 o'clock with the Saturday show. We'll have your pregames and postgames for BYU-Utah and Utah State all coming up later this afternoon and evening here on The Zone as well. For Jeff Miller and Jeff Carroll, I'm Austin Horton. We'll be back well, actually in two weeks here on Utah Carsons.